Thanks, Tito. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, he, he was here in quarantine for about 14 days. We interacted a couple of different times, and as soon as I saw him, it was like a, a brother. Um, and so really grateful for you being here. And so I was like, hey, I have a captive audience on a trip. Do you want to come and just talk about Club Beyond? And he's like, sure. So please come with us tomorrow and ask him lots of questions. Hey, I want to open us in prayer real quick. We've already opened, of course, but just pray before I preach. Lord Jesus, thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you, God, for your mercies that you have given us new each morning and each day. And God, I pray, Lord, as I bring your word, that I would preach your message, God, and not my own. That you would open our eyes, God, so we could see clearly you, Lord Jesus, God, not ourselves. And God, that you would open our ears to hear the good news. And Lord, I pray we keep deep down into our very being, Lord God, so that we would resonate, Lord, and walk as your people. And I pray also, Lord Jesus, God, that I would speak your voice and not my own. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are on our second week of God's masterpiece, being a heavenly citizen in this world. Um, And this world is a tough world, amen? It's not easy. A lot of stuff happening, a lot of things going on across the board, and there's a lot of fear at times. And last week, we delved into humility. And it's kind of recap the main kind of ideas of humility is understanding your relationship between you and God. God is here. You are here, right? We're not God. We're actually underneath him. But having that humility should give us a holy confidence to spread the good news and tell others about Jesus. Amen? And so there's things like that. I want you to picture with humility. It's not about, oh, woe is me. I'm a, I'm a failure. I can't do anything, and everybody else is better than me. No, it's, it's about understanding your relationship between you and God and that you need the Savior, and you need him because he is the only one who can make you new. And so that's where that humility comes in. And today we're going to talk about perseverance. Perseverance is one of those things that's not fun to talk about because it means pain, right? Um, Usually when people talk about perseverance, it means you're going through something. How many of you like going through things? Yes, Terry, you're the man. I love you. Yeah, you know, sometimes you're like, I don't want to go through that crucible or that gauntlet. I don't want to experience pain or sorrow or grief. Um, As we go into perseverance, I want you to think about a marathon. Now, when you're preparing to to do a marathon, it, it takes a lot of effort, right? You know, you think about that. You're like, yeah, nah, God, I want to sign up. I had a friend a few years ago. Um, his daughter was re-enlisted. She'd made E7, and she was like, hey, in honor of me making E7, I'm going to run this half marathon. And he said, sure, I'll come down and do it with you. He didn't train up for it. He shows up, and he says, I was out of it for like two weeks. You know, like I couldn't even walk hardly. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's kind of you train up for it. But you know, when you, you that way, talk about this, you know, your experience of knowing who God is and being a heavenly citizen, it is not enough to pay for the marathon. 
Julie and I used to have these conversations at Fort Lee. She's like, you, you talk about racing, you talk about running, you read in the Renner's World magazine, but you don't do anything. Are you going to do anything about it? And I was like, oh, man, now you talked about it. You know, and my fe- there was fears, you know, because one, it's expensive. What if I fail? What if I mess up? So I paid my money, my credit card online, came, you know, and I started training and all these things. But what if... I paid my money. In fact, the day before the race, I went to the expo where you get your bib number, and I got the cool t-shirt. Did I complete the marathon? No. I don't get the prize because I didn't finish. And Paul, in his word here, is talking about the prize that we're striving towards. It's not enough that you signed up and said, I am a follower of Christ. You have to run this race. You are on a race, whether you like it or not. You are on a journey, and that journey is going to involve some different things. And we're going to do four T's today. We're going to make it easy. So P4T, perseverance and four T's. Okay, I'm going to give you the four T's. So if you're taking notes, the first one is testimony. The second one is training. The third one is trials. And the fourth one is trust. Testimony. Training. Trials. And trust. P4T. Sounds like some kind of army and acronym, right? You know, like, what does this stand for? I don't know if I like this one or not. Well, testimony is pretty cool because this is the testimony that you have. When you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you are now made into a new creation. You have a story to tell. You have something that is a foundational, that God has made you new, and that is something that will help you as you're moving forward. Moses, when he was in the desert, God reminded him that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph. He is not just some God up there. There was an intentionality of who God was. And you, when you receive Christ as your Savior, you now have a testimony. You have something that is done differently inside of you as a person. You are now made new. I like, yes, amen. You should be excited about that because you're no longer the old. Paul says letting go of the old, the past. When you're on this race and you're running, you can look back at your past, but you know something? When you start looking behind you anytime you're running, you're going to hit a pole, right? You're going to run into something that you shouldn't run into. You're going to get slow. The person that's chasing you is going to catch you. It's just, it's a fact of life. You've got to stay focused. You're running. You're straight ahead. Let go of your past. Let go of those things that have hurt you, things that have let you down. Let go of your sin. Because on Mon- you know, Sunday morning, you come here and you receive Christ. You're like, you prayed the sinner's prayer. You're excited about Jesus. But as soon as you're at the food court, you start thinking about all the things that you've done wrong all week long. And on Monday, you're, you're in misery going, did I really receive Christ? Was that, did I really make that commitment? And that's where your testimony comes in. And you're like, yes, I did this. It's like when I went and I signed up for the marathon, I got a receipt that says I signed up for it. 
Did I have my bib number yet? No. Did I have a t-shirt? No. But I had a receipt, and that helped me to know that I needed to start training. Because if I'm going to finish something, I have to train for it. Now, training involves discipline. It involves changing up your behaviors and the things that you do. Now, I could say I signed up for it. I want to go into training, and every day I come home and I eat another cup of Bluebell ice cream. I like Bluebell ice cream, okay? I'm very thankful to be here in Humphreys where we have it in the commissary. It's awesome. I spent two years in Dugway where they didn't have Bluebell. All they had was Tillamanook. Um, and so to have Bluebell, I'm like, oh, Lord, you are God still. Um, now if they could have strawberries and cream, I would be tickled pink. Um, okay, that was just a side note, okay? But what if every time I said, I'm training for this and I'm just eating away? How, how do you think my training's going? I'm filling up. I'm eating something. But, you know, when you begin training for a marathon or for a race, you change your diet, you change your behaviors, you change your habits. You may get up a little earlier, you may eat something as you're running, and you begin to run. And for some of us, that running is hard. It's not easy. Training is meant to be difficult. It's meant to be hard. It's meant to make you struggle because as you struggle you become stronger you struggle you become stronger you know as you're you're working those muscles little tears are formed in the fibers of your very being and but they heal and you're stronger and you're more equipped, and you could do it. It's the same way with your spiritual life on this journey. As you're persevering, you're causing your body to train. You begin to read your Bible more, to do devotions. You begin to pray. Oh, pray. Probably the easiest one, but some people, I, I always get this question, Chaplain, how do I pray? I'm like, well, you talk to God. And they're like, is, is he really listening to me? How do I do? And you're like, look, just talk to God, just like I'm talking to you right now. He's cool with that. He's okay with it. And you begin praying. You begin reading your Bible. You begin worshiping God. You're changing your behaviors, and sometimes it's difficult. But you know something? As you change that behavior, when you begin to go through your trials, you have a foundation that helps you through that. You know, as you're running and you're, you're, you're going through and you have a setback, maybe you, you sprain your knee or you, you twist an ankle or you get shin splints. The training that you've been doing has built a strong foundation so that you can recover quicker and you can get back out there and you rely back on your testimony to remind yourself that, yeah, you did this and it gives you motivation to keep in the fight to keep moving forward you know it's a constant things all these are all related you're going to go through suffering now i want you to be clear on this some people think when they're suffering that they messed up that's not true jesus when he was on the cross he suffered he suffered suffered was he a sinner 
did Jesus mess up? Did he make a mistake? Did he sin and do wrong? No. But he suffered and bled and he died for you and I. And so when you go through suffering, now there is sometimes when you go through suffering and you did do something you shouldn't have. If I eat a thousand gallons of bluebell ice cream and expect to go run, I'm going to suffer, right? Because I did something that I shouldn't have done. But when we are living our life and we encounter a situation or we go through some painful situations or a death in the family or something that's grieving us and we're suffering and we're hurting, God is not hating you. God is not punishing you in that moment. In fact, what happens when you go through suffering, you get on the other side of suffering and you can look back and go, wow, God. You were there. You were present with me. You were with me in the midst of my struggles. You were right there with me. That's what happens. And all throughout the Bible, there are stories of people that went through suffering and overcame. I love Joseph because what happened to him? He's living life great. He's, he's doing things well. He has this really nice jacket on. And his brothers hate him. And they throw him in a pit. They want to kill him, but they sell him into slavery. He ends up in, you know, in Egypt as a slave. He's lied about in Potiphar's house. Ends up in prison. Left there. But he stayed committed to Christ or to God. And when he came out of that, he ends up being the second in charge of Egypt. He came out of nowhere. It's like the Cinderella story, like for football, right? Or for baseball. It came out of nowhere. Where did that team come from? They should never have been in the playoffs, but they made it. Well, Joseph made it, and he did what he was supposed to because he was following God. And when you're in the midst of your sufferings, in your midst of your trials, you need to keep your eyes, keep your focus on the prize. Keep your focus on where God is leading you, knowing that you're going to make it through. And if you've ever run any distance, you know you can't think about the start. You think about the finish. You think about yeah, there's a hill in front of you, but on the other side of that hill, there's a finish line. And you keep moving forward. It's one step at a time. And you may be in difficult straits this morning, but I'm telling you, it is not over. And you, in the midst of your trials, can look back on your testimony and remember what God has done for you, and that begins to build trust. Because you look back over the times of your life where God has shown up over and over and over again, and you know that God is with you. And I tell you that, brothers and sisters, because you can trust that God is going to be present with you today. He's going to be with you. He wants to be with you. He says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, he said, you are surrounded. You are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. 
And those witnesses are testifying about what God has done, and they are encouraging you, helping you to move forward. It is just like on a race when you look back and you come towards the finish line, and people are standing on the sidelines cheering you on, saying, You can do it. Come on, brother, sister. You can make it. Hallelujah. Make it. Come on. And that's what is happening in your walk with God. And as you are persevering through this journey, there are those who have gone before and they are standing there encouraging you today. But more importantly, more importantly, God is with you. God is with you. And you begin to realize that you can trust Him in every situation. That He is with you in every trial. He is with you in every tribulation. He is with you on your training saying, you got this. You got this. He is like the best physical trainer out there, but He's a spiritual trainer helping you grow. Helping you be on fire and excited about what God is doing and he's encouraging you saying you can do this you can make it you are not alone you're persevering you're going to make it through this and that is what happens as a heavenly citizen we are persevering through this journey in order that God can create this masterpiece that is us so that people see not us but they see God they see the Savior They see that God is a miracle worker, that God is present everywhere, that God is a creator, that God is with us, that God is here, that God is our King and Lord and Savior. That is what it means when people see us. They're not seeing you. They're seeing the masterpiece that God has created in you. That is what it means, folks. And I encourage you today, if you're sitting here and you're going, you know, chaplain, that sounds really cool. That sounds awesome. That sounds really neat. But what do you mean? Why? You don't know how tired I am. You don't know the struggles I've already faced and and gone through. You're right, I don't. But God does. God knows the struggles that you're going through right now. He understands that you may feel far, far, far away from Him. And you may feel like you don't even deserve God. But you know something? Just like we talked last week, God chose you. He saw your imperfections. He saw your inabilities. He saw your weaknesses, and he still said, I choose you. And we're going to take a moment, and we're going to pray. And if you don't know Jesus, I want you just to pray with me. Because I want, this is so important, folks. It is so important that we know who God is. I want you to sign up and know him. I want you to start training with us. I want you to start going through life with us because I want you to receive the prize. I want to see you not just on a bus ride tomorrow, but I want to see you in eternity. I want to look around and say, oh, those are my brothers and sisters from common ground. 
Those are my brothers and sisters from whatever I came across. I want you to know Christ because Jesus loves you. So pray with me. And you can just pray this simple prayer. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I messed up in my life. But I want to serve you today. Come and live inside of me. Change me. Make me new, Lord Jesus God. So that I can be the person that I am supposed to be, Lord. In Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer, God heard your prayer. He is not far from you. And he knows you. You are not alone. You are not alone in this place. You are surrounded. Surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses. And the Savior walks beside you, loving on you, encouraging you today. In Jesus' name, amen.